Welcome to Ordinary to Badass, episode number 334. In this episode, I'm going to share with you my biggest failure. Now, I think it's important to share. So often people gloss over the things that they fail at, the things that they do bad, the things they do wrong, and it's easy to do. I'm not even going to pretend like I've been perfect at it because it's hard, right? It's hard to talk about your failures. But in the social media world where life is all gumdrops and lollipops, I feel like it's important to like peel back the, pull back the curtain, see the behind the scenes, see what's really going on. A lot of times that's why I ask the O2B guests, I ask them, what are the struggles you've been through to get to where you are today? Because that's often glossed over. So today we are going to get into the nitty gritty. I am going to share with you my biggest failure and yeah, I can't wait to get your reaction to it. I think that you're going to like it, but I know that you have struggles of your own too. You have struggles to get you to where you are today. And I want to remind you, even though you've gone through those struggles, even though you have downtimes, even though you might doubt yourself, you are still a badass. Even badasses have hard days. Even badasses have hard months or hard years. It doesn't mean life is going to be perfect just because you're a badass. No, you're a human being, right? And so those struggles, try to embrace them at least after they're done. Because sometimes in the moment, we don't embrace them. Or usually in the moment, it's hard to embrace them. But if you can look back and see the gift that it gave you, then it can be helpful. But today, it's not going to be about any gifts. <laughs> it's not going to be about any gifts that my struggle gave me or that I learned from my failures. It, that's not it. It's just going to be flat out what I struggled with and what was hard for me. So with that, let's just get to the episode. Be confident, be bold, be authentic, but don't forget to take action. This is Ordinary to Badass, where our stories empower women to step into the spotlight of their own lives and pursue what they're truly passionate about. It's time to step into the arena and become more than just extraordinary. It's time to become a badass with your host, Marie Sonneman. Welcome to Ordinary to Badass. Whether you're ordinary or badass, I am so glad you're here. Today, I'm going to share my biggest failure. What is it, you might wonder? Yeah, it's a little embarrassing, but it's my work. When I first became a law enforcement officer, I struggled hardcore, and I completely lost my confidence. Now, if you've been listening to this show for a while, you've probably heard that before, right? And I've told you that, but I haven't really gone into great detail about how I lost my confidence. So maybe it doesn't quite feel real. At least, you know, sometimes if you don't hear the nitty gritty, it's kind of like, okay, but what? Or, oh, but you don't really struggle with the same things that I struggle with. Yeah, I do. <laughs> For sure. But once I joined law enforcement, I was failing left and right. And I was struggling and I completely lost my confidence. And I want to give you examples of the ways that I lost my confidence or the areas that I didn't have confidence in, because I think that it will be helpful so that you can see, oh yeah, if Marie overcame that, then I can too. Or you could see we've struggled with the same things, right? It's human nature. 
And really, unless you know the tips and tricks to overcome it, unless you know what to do, or you've been through it before and then figured out a way or found a coach or mentor to help you, then it's hard. And it's just like experience it and getting through that experience to help to teach you, to help to learn different ways of coping with it. We're all just learning, right? Okay, so the ways I've failed in law enforcement, number one was talking on the radio. I was so mortified to talk on the radio. It was weird. I wasn't embarrassed to talk to my coworkers or the people around me. That I was fine with. Yes, I'm an introvert, (laughs) but I was willing to do it. But the talking on the radio part, oh, it was mortifying. I just, I don't know. Something about thinking of being on a radio and like it being broadcasted to hundreds of people or probably a thousand people at least that was terrifying to me. And it really made me shy. It made me uncomfortable. And I think it's funny now that I have a podcast when I was so terrified to talk on the radio at work. I just didn't want other people to hear me. So that was something that was a big insecurity. And I really struggled with it for, I'd say a couple of years, that it was hard for me to talk on the radio. And every time I do it, I would like hold the mic to my face and I would say something really brief like say my unit number and just whatever I had to say and then be like I'm out (laughs) but I just didn't want to do it and I'm sure that came across in my voice and everything I did because I was just so tense and also just nervous and uncomfortable So yeah, I did not want to be on the radio. Nothing about me wanted to be on the radio. And then I don't know why when I said that, I remember just kind of walking around like timid and shy or when I wasn't, even when I switched to a non-uniform assignment, it's like I was just so quiet like a mouse and just tiptoed because like my presence, I didn't want to disturb people or bother people. And I even had a coworker be like, but you're just so quiet. I don't even hear you because I was just so uncomfortable. It was ridiculous. Anyway, number two was learning how to shoot and operate a handgun and a rifle. That was so hard for me. I didn't know anything about guns before I joined law enforcement. And so learning how to shoot a gun, learning how to shoot a rifle was completely out of my comfort zone. And I was so stinking in my head. And that can probably be said about everything that I say in the future, like that I tell you these next several steps, everything about it. I was wildly uncomfortable. I just didn't feel good in my own skin and was constantly just second guessing myself and feeling like I was doing bad, making mistakes. And so learning to shoot a gun, that was just so awkward for me. And actually my ex at the time had cleaned my gun when I was learning and he put so much oil on it and I was trying to manipulate my firearm and just my hands were tore the heck up and instructors looked at it as like, that's way too much oil. And they were kind of laughing, thinking I did it and kind of, I don't know about making fun of me, but they were just being, they were just joking about it. Like, no, that's way too much oil. You don't want to do that. Right. But like I had blisters all over my hands. I was so embarrassed. I just was not good at operating a gun or even taking a gun apart. I didn't know the first thing about it. And so I was just always terrified about it. 
and just didn't feel comfortable. And it took me forever. And actually, I didn't even practice like I could have to become comfortable with it because I was just so in my head. Everything about it, not cool. (laughs) And for me, a rifle was much harder than the handgun. And it just took a lot of time to learn and try to figure it out. But during that whole process, I was just like beating myself up, telling me how hor- or telling myself how horrible that I was with a firearm and just in my head, ridiculously amount in your head. If you're in your head about stuff, it is crazy the difference it makes or the impact it has on your abilities. It really does take an effect and everything seems to go downhill rather quickly. <laughs> so when you're learning something, give yourself grace. But yes, we will move on to number three. Number three is I second guessed myself in every single decision that I made. And that is so true. It's like, it doesn't matter what decision I made. I started second guessing myself. And I think that kind of bleeds over. Like once you do it, it's like a snowball and just builds up and builds up and builds up. But then not only did it start happening at work, but it started happening at home. And I just was constantly second guessing myself, second guessing my decisions, thinking I wasn't capable to make those decisions. And so I was trying to rely on other people thinking that they had more knowledge, skills and abilities than I had. And there was just a lot of doubt there. I didn't think I knew what I was doing or that I was capable. And the more that I second guessed myself, the worse it got. I'm not even kidding. Like it was bad. And I just spiraled. I don't even know. I don't know how I got through, how I passed things, how I did things because I was so in my head. And this wasn't me before I got into law enforcement, right? Like I was a pretty confident person. But when you're new, when you're learning things, it is so easy to get caught up in the doubt, in the um, judging yourself, just beating yourself up. That is easy. Sometimes you're just learning and that is okay. So instead of like learning from the experiences I was having, it just furthered my doubt and I just got on the failure bandwagon and really just beat myself up. And, you know, once you start doubting your decision or second guessing, like, oh, should I have arrested that person? Maybe I shouldn't have arrested that person. They seem like a good person. And so I felt bad for it. But even if I was following the law, following the rules, what I had been taught, I would just second guess my decisions. It was bad. (laughs) Okay, number four. I compared my abilities to that of my coworkers. Compare and despair, as John Lee Dumas says, but I was really on that track. I worked with, I work in a field that's predominantly males. So they, men and women, like typically do things differently, right? But I was constantly like looking at how they were doing things. And to be fair, that's who I was on most of my calls with was men. And I was looking at how they were doing things and thinking I had to do things the same way. And that would frustrate me. That would send me down a spiral because I would be like, but I can't do things the way they do things. And so I would, again, get back in my head thinking, oh my gosh, I can't do this. I can't do what they're doing or the way that they're doing it. And so really... It led to more self-doubt, more questioning, more of me trying to do things in a way that weren't authentic with who I am. And that was hard. That was a hard pill to swallow, like trying to do things the way everybody else wants them done 
or the way I'm seeing other people that have been on a while do things, but it didn't seem like it worked for me. And so that was something that I really struggled with because, and I think that also created doubt and made me feel like a failure because I was not going to, I was not doing things the same way as them or when I tried, they weren't as effective as I wanted them to be because it wasn't my style or it wasn't something that was built for me. It wasn't something that was made for me. And I wasn't listening to any part of my intuition or how I thought things should be done. I just assumed that I was in the wrong and they were in the right. And you know what? It's not even saying like looking back on it, it's not saying that they were wrong because they weren't. They were probably doing things that worked for them. But what works for me is something completely different. I just wasn't experienced enough to believe in my own abilities or to know that I could do things differently. I could do things in a way that worked for me. They didn't have to work for them. They just had to be beneficial to me. Or, I mean, not just beneficial to me, but beneficial to the investigation as a whole, right? Because if it works for me, it's going to help my partner out too, usually. Okay, number five. I thought that I was a failure because it took me longer to learn things than the people around me. I don't know now, looking back on it, if that was true. But I know that's what I thought. I felt incredibly stupid. And I felt like it was taking me so long to learn things, to learn skills. I was no no Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> you know how Napoleon would be like, I got computer hacking skills, nunchuck skills. I didn't have the nunchuck skills. <laughs> well, even at that time, I didn't have the computer hacking skills. <laughs> uh, well, I guess I still don't have computer hacking skills, but I'm much more tech savvy now than I was then. Okay, I digress. Anyway, I got in my head. I thought I was so stupid or like everybody's understanding something but me, this is taking me so long to learn. And especially like the defensive tactics type stuff, the wristy twisties, the arm bars, different types of takedowns, it did not come natural to me. And so that left me feeling uncomfortable, awkward, stupid. I just, I don't know. I felt like I was out of my realm. And it was funny because I consider myself athletic or I've, I grew up being athletic. I, I was in an athletic family and still I felt very uncomfortable because I didn't quite understand all of the defensive tactic stuff. And so I had to, I had to do it and implement it. But when then when stuff would happen, I'd be like, ah, <laughs> just like that. <laughs> I would worry that I wouldn't do it correctly or what if it wasn't effective and just all of the doubt seeped in and really overwhelmed me at times. I just thought that I wasn't capable, that something was wrong with me. Everybody else in the world has it. Something is wrong with me. And that was very overwhelming. And it was a constant feeling I had. Something's wrong with me. You're get, They're getting it. I'm not getting it. But again, People that I saw every day, people that I was on calls with every day were people that had been on the department for a long time, right? So of course, my skills and ability and knowledge isn't going to be the same as theirs. But I was just so focused on that, which brings me to number six, which is kind of similar, or it relates, is like any mistakes that I made, I felt like the spotlight was on me. As if you're up on stage and there's a 
big old spotlight on you. And this introvert did not want that. I did not want any sort of spotlight on me whatsoever. I just wanted to blend in and get my job done. And so every mistake I made, I felt like the lights were on, everybody was watching, everyone was laughing at me, and it felt horrible. Now, I want to be clear. This was not the reality. Like other people, I did not see people laughing or making fun of me. That's just how I felt. I just, in my head, had built things up so big, thinking I was failing so badly that I worried other people would see all of my mistakes and like be like, oh gosh, look at Marie, what is she doing? And so it didn't matter what it was. Um, it was just me being wildly uncomfortable and thinking everybody was recognizing every single mistake I made and like amplifying it. And so here's the truth. When you're learning something, you are going to make mistakes and other people may or may not notice it, but usually we make it bigger and bigger in our heads to be this huge thing when usually it's not right. But I do know that the more you get in your head, the more you worry about something, the more you stress or amplify something or focus on your mistakes, focus on your shortcomings, it gets worse. It seems like it gets bigger and bigger and then it becomes never ending. Not only do you worry about it in your personal life, but you worry about it at work and it just kind of takes over. So when you're making mistakes, when you're feeling like you're under the spotlight, see if you can take a step back. See if you have a friend or family member who can help you or give you some, maybe a dose of reality. I say that, but I'm going to stop. I'm not giving advice here. Just trying to, my intention is to not give advice here. I just want to share the failures that I made when I joined law enforcement and how I felt. Okay, let's move on. Number seven, I relied on everyone else around me. I expected everybody around me to make all of the decisions. I became so uncertain, so uncomfortable with making choices, thinking I absolutely was going to fail. I was going to make the wrong choice. Even when I did make a choice, I thought, oh my gosh, clearly I made the wrong one. And then I would stress about that. I would stew about that. And it just made me into a soup sandwich. <laughs> so if you know, if you've ever had a soup sandwich or a sandwich with soup, like the second you dip it in, right? You dip it in, it starts to become more pasty and like break apart and all kind of falls into the liquid. I hit the microphone, my bad. <laughs> but it all kind of falls into the liquid, becomes a hot mess. And that's exactly what I felt like. I felt like a total soup sandwich. And it just didn't make me comfortable. And I'm sure it did not make the people around me comfortable. Since I relied so heavily on them to make all the decisions, they probably wondered what I was capable of. And so maybe they doubted me. Nobody expressed it. Expressed it. That's some good English. <laughs> Nobody expressed those doubts or concerns to me, but maybe they had them or maybe they're like, what's up with that chick? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, but I just got so used to relying on everybody else that I didn't rely on myself. I never really checked in with myself. And when I did, it was about beating myself up, having being filled with self-doubt, regret, um, shame. I probably felt shame and embarrassment. Not probably, I did. 
I felt shame and embarrassment about the decisions I made and felt like everything was wrong. I was doing everything wrong. I wasn't capable of doing anything right. Okay, number eight. I don't know. Well, I I was going to say I don't know where this came from, but clearly you can kind of see a pattern through all the things that I talked about that I was filled with self-doubt and anxious all the time. But I thought that I sucked at interviewing. When it came to talking to people, whether it was victims, suspects, getting their side of the story, I thought that I sucked. And I really, for the longest time, thought that I was a horrible interviewer. Again, funny that I now have a podcast where I interview people, but I really doubted my abilities to interview people. And I thought that I was ignorant, that I was dumb, that I wasn't catching on. It's like, okay. Clearly, sometimes when you talk to suspects, they are going to lie to you. Maybe not sometimes, all the time. (laughs) But you talk to them and they're going to lie. They're going to come up with reasons to lie to you. But I was in such a mode of self-doubt that I was like, oh my gosh, I'm just not getting what they're saying. They're telling me a story. It is not making sense, but I must be stupid. This must be the reason why I don't understand is because I'm not getting it. I'm not quick enough. I'm not on, I'm not up to speed. And I always thought that I always didn't want to ask additional questions because I thought that I just wasn't smart enough, that I was just not catching on quick enough. And I really was in my head asking minimal minimal questions, but not because I didn't want, not because I wanted to be lazy and not do a thorough investigation. I just thought that I was missing something, that I was missing things, and it was me, not them. And people are going to lie. People are embarrassed, even if it's victims, right? They might be embarrassed about telling their story. Understandably so. But if I didn't get something, I figured it was me. And so I wouldn't ask the follow-up questions that were necessary. Because again, I just assumed it was my fault. It was me that was missing something. It was me that was not catching on. So all of this stuff, you take all of these things together and you can see why I was so stressed out, why I, why I was so insecure. Here's the thing. Failure is only sexy once you have overcome it. When you're in the midst of it, it freaking sucks. It is so hard when you're in the midst of failure. But it seems cool after the fact when you can put it together or see how it got you to where you are today, it's just in the moment, it is hard, it sucks. And so give yourself some grace. Later, it'll make some sense. If you really have a calling to do something, if you really thought like, oh, I really want to get into this, like into this field, this would be really interesting. And it doesn't have to be career wise, it can be. But if you really had a passion for something, Give yourself time to get out of the uncomfortable middle or the uncomfortable beginnings, right? Because not everything is seamless in the beginning. It takes time to iron out the kinks. But I just want to remind you that failure is sexy once it is completed, once you're out of it and you've overcome it, it does not feel sexy in the moment. Actually, it feels shitty. (laughs) Yes. Failure feels shitty in the moment, but sexy afterwards, if you can put it in the right perspective, right? So I want to do a quick recap of the failures that I went through, 
uh, one was talking on the radio and I did not like to hear my voice on there. Two was learning to shoot and operate a handgun and a rifle. Number three was second guessing every decision that I made. Number four was comparing myself and my abilities to that of all of my coworkers. Number five was thinking that I was stupid because it took me longer to learn things than it took the people around me. Number six is the mistakes that I made and I felt like there was a big spotlight over my head. Number seven relied on other people to make decisions. Number eight, thinking that I sucked at interviews. So those are all my failures in law enforcement. That's how I felt the first couple of years of my career, at least the first couple of years. It took so long to break out of it. And I don't know, I feel like it was my finances. Like I finally got control of my finances and that kind of changed the trajectory for me. Sometimes all it is, is like knocking over one domino and then the other dominoes will naturally start to fall over. Or maybe it's just, you get out of your head a little bit, right? You get, you get a win and you feel a little bit more successful and you don't doubt yourself so much. So even if it's a completely different area of your life, if you knock over one domino, it completely helps to knock over the other dominoes or the other struggles, the other pressures that you're feeling in your life. I can't wait for you to hear Thursday's episode, it's going to be the companion episode to this. And you know what? It's going to be how I overcame those struggles, how I overcame those failures, or what I do now, how I think of those same things that's way different now than it was then. And this has been such a long journey. It's not something that has happened for me overnight. It has been a long journey, a lot of hard work. And things have really changed for me. I just don't view things the same way. Yes, I get in my head at times. Yes, I doubt myself at times, but I'm just, it's almost like I'm not the same person because of just how doubtful and how hard I was on myself. But yet I am like, there's a lot of core things that are the same. So if you're struggling, if you feel like you're a failure, if you feel like something is so hard and it's never going to change, I'm here. I'm your case study. It's just not true. Things can change. Some things just need time. But for more of the advice part of it or more of the things that I did or I found, how I look at things differently, that'll be the next episode. So make sure you listen to episode 335. With that, let's end our show. To all the badass women out there staying in the arena, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, own it and get after it. Now that you've listened to this episode of Ordinary to Badass, we want to hear from you. Go to our website, OrdinaryToBadass.com slash podcast and submit your own experience on how you took your life from ordinary to badass and get the chance to be on a future spotlight episode of the show. That's OrdinaryToBadass.com forward slash podcast. While you're waiting for the next episode of the show, wipe off the sweat, dust off the dirt, and get back in the arena.